Hello, this is Gerd Leonhardt and welcome to my podcast. So the Fork of the Road project, I'll, I'll give you a presentation of my view of it. Um, it's really been cooking for a, a few years. And I met Glenn Heemster uh, from Seattle, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago in Amsterdam. And I, I remember already, we were already talking about this idea of when the point was going to come for it to be really urgent, you know, for those changes to happen. And I think right now, because of COVID, we're at the pivot point of fundamental change that is once in a lifetime, a historic point, really. Because, you know, if you think about how humans change, there's really two ways only that humans change, unfortunately, uh, pain and love, right? And we've, we've had so much pain in this time, but we've also fallen in love with new ideas. For example, here in Europe, I live in Zurich, right? Uh, all of a sudden, the European Commission has decided we must have uh, solidarity with Italy and Spain and Greece, and we give them hundreds of billions of euros, you know, without condition just because we want to stand together. Right? And we're at the pivot point of, of scientific breakthroughs. A vaccine in 12 months, it used to take 12 years. right? Uh, and, and you know, there's so many things that are happening around us. We can safely say also science fiction is becoming science fact. I can speak to my computer uh, in any language and it will translate very soon. That's going to be perfect. So you can sit on your couch and you can say Kojak 1983, 22nd minute in Chinese and we'll play it, right? I mean, we're literally at the point of quantum computing, brain-computer interfaces, mind-boggling, right? So, uh, as Buckminster Fuller said, 1969, humanity is in a final exam as to whether or not it qualifies for continuance. Uh, he talked about that in his book. Right? And I think it's funny you now that now we're here like 50 years later, and that time is now. And the pandemic has brought it home that we have to work together, we have to go beyond money, we have to think as a collective. And it's brought many, many good things home and a few other not so good things, right? But it really, it really changed the way that we're looking at the world. So the pandemic represents a historic opportunity. And you can say it represents many other really bad things, including on our end, you know, no longer going to speaking events, which is not good for any of us. But here's a list of things that, that are pivot into the sort of fork on the road concept, right? It's basically a reconstruction of every component of the world, how we travel, how we learn, how we work, uh, international politics, geopolitics, all of that is under construction at the moment. Right? So a tidal wave of historic points. And here's my key points in that. First, of course, healthcare biotechnology. We're going to spend trillions of dollars on healthcare in the near future. We're going to converge technology and biology. The reason that we have the vaccine is because of AI, right? Artificial intelligence is because of technology, right? It's because of what we have already achieved. Climate change. Right? This has become the number one topic now. People are saying that COVID-19 is a test run for climate change. And that is so true. We have compromised with COVID. Now we're going to compromise for climate change. Uh, and now there's willingness. This is the other thing, right? Like here in Europe, again, you know, you're going to get money from the government, but you have to prove that your recovery is going to be green, like the airlines or the factories. Part of the deal is you get the money, but you have to recover in a green way, sustainable way. Right? Sustainable investing. Investors are pulling out of oil and gas left and right. Coal is already dead. 
right? Now investors are saying the biggest money can be made in ESG, right? Environmental, social, governance, right? And what's called SI, sustainable investing. And I've shifted all my funds, if I had a few left, you know, to sustainable funds. And, and this is happening around the world. People are shifting their money into new things. Right? Uh, technology, of course, I'll talk about that later, but exponential technology means, yeah, we're finally capable of studying from home, learning from home, learning in the cloud. I always say that basically what's happening is that the cloud has become the living room and the bedroom and the study, and everything is in the cloud now. It's like literally all there. The inequality point, right? You've seen in the US and also in Brazil that the most unequal places whether it's cities, countries, or countries, have had the most issue with COVID. Uh, and in Brazil, that's very extreme, of course, for example. And the countries that are very equal, like New Zealand, right, or Iceland, or Switzerland, they have coped better. It's an, an interesting observation how inequality goes with the COVID thing. And the stimulus, and of course, the millennials, right? If, if you have kids, my kids are between 25 and 30. They're millennials, Gen Y. That's, this is a very difficult time for them. And a study has actually shown that older people, you know, older meaning 70 to 90 or so, are actually a lot, lot less upset about the COVID crisis than the millennials. Uh, the millennials are destroyed because they can't find a job, they can't go anywhere, they can't talk to anyone, they can't party. Right? And that's going to be a very big change. So, pivot point new leaders. We see around the world women in their 30s and 40s taken over. Switzerland, Taiwan, Iceland, Norway, Finland, Denmark. Right? Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, number one example for leadership around the world. And that is, that is becoming a habit. Right? You see that happening everywhere. I mean, of course, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, we'd have another four years of Donald Trump. But we're not going to talk about that. A different discussion. So uh, we have a discussion about new capitalism and about geopolitics. Long list. So, bottom line is this. We're now asking a question no longer about this, you know, what will the future bring? Uh, if I got one dollar for each time that question was asked, I would be a millionaire. Right? This is such a ridiculous question. There's no such thing. You know, the, the future isn't determined, isn't, it isn't just fixed, falling down on us. This is the question that we have to ask. And this is a question I was asking with Glenn and with David and my colleagues. What kind of future do we want? What kind of future do we want our kids to have? That's the question you get to ask when you're 60. Because you know, <laughs> you're thinking about what your kids are going to grow up with. And the answer is, we can have any future we want because technology makes it possible. As Buckminster Fuller said, right, we invent all the right technologies, but for the wrong reason. <laughs> and he was so true. That was 50 years ago. And, and now here is his quote. We are to be called architects of the future. I mean, he was an architect, a designer, right? But this is how we look at ourselves, right? We want to architect, design the future and tell the story about that. That is what the project is all about, right? And to create a positive momentum. So, the Fork in the Road project, in a nutshell, is this, right? It's an open, public, global, non-commercial, non-partisan initiative. Right now, it's, yeah, unfortunately, too many... Uh, people like me and David and, and Glenn in the, in, the, in the crowd, but we're working hard on that to get more women, more minorities, more diversity. But it's not a commercial undertaking, it's not for us to get more speaking gigs, it's basically a collective. 
right? You could say it's like a co-op, you know, what they say in America, co-op, right? So futurist thinkers, leaders, I'll show you the list in a second. So in a nutshell, this is what it is. Just to explain, I'm going to take myself out so you can read this better. Um, I'm still here, so don't, don't fret. I'm, I'm going to come back. So, <laughs> so nonprofit, nonpartisan, diverse, and our guideline is sort of the open source and creative commons concept. Right? That means anybody can use what we create and create something else on top of it by giving credit to it, of course. Right? Uh, we are the initiators. There are 70 or plus people that have signed so far. We'll show the list in a second. Our purpose. I have some bullets on that shortly, but it's essentially about urgency. It's not about reinventing what the World Economic Forum is doing or, uh, or the Millennium Project or any of that, right? It is about providing urgent future positive perspectives about the future, not dystopianism. I mean, if you, if you tune into television these days, whatever your uh, drug may be, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or any other, you know, the future is dystopian, right? The future essentially is that we're going to first uh, have our jobs taken away by AI and then they will come around and kill us. That is the bottom line of the story of the future. Right? Black Mirror and so on. Right? You know what I'm talking about, I can see that. So, you know, we want to inject some urgency in the positive future and we're, gonna, we're planning a global sign debate, sign the manifesto, that uh, a, a campaign that is coming up shortly as soon as we have a couple of hundred other ones. And then we want to have a call for action to actually do events and content around this. We have planned our first annual Fork in the Road event, a real life event, in Lanzarote, Canary Islands. They're, they're happy to host us next year. We call it the Burning Fork. No, just kidding. Yeah, it's not the Burning Fork, but it's going to be an event about, you know, you'll see when, it, when we make it public. And four core topics, which I'll talk about shortly. So the keywords, people love the keywords because it's easier to remember. Urgency. We want to provide urgency without being alarmist. Urgency means we're not too late, but we got to act now. We really believe the next 10 years it's action time or it may be too late for many other things that we could have done. Not just climate change, but technology, human engineering, and so on. It's, it's a 10 year time frame. Right? We are proposing that we can actually create the future. Uh, believe it or not, many people in Europe don't believe that. Uh, they believe the future is done by Americans in Silicon Valley or in China. <laughs> and the very thought of it, you know, it's an interesting debate. And we focus on telling the story from the, from the future. Right? We are not going to do scientific things, a lot of research. I mean, of course we do research, right? But we focus on the story, the narrative, the content. That's why most people in the group are creatives. And we focus on hope and positivity and inspiration. And our goal is to describe what we call the good future. Now, that's not an easy target, but we'll talk about that in a second. So, um, on to the next part, right? Uh, well, it's already the keywords again on the same slide. That's a good one. Well, let's skip this one. So, uh, the goals, right? The goal is this to accelerate the global debate. I know everybody's talking about climate change. But not enough people are talking about what's happening in technology, what's happened with genome editing, with human longevity, uh, what's happening with geoengineering, what's happening with capitalism. That story needs to go out. We want that story to carry far and wide into civil society. So that is interested people, 
politicians, governments. We're going to create films, media content, conferences, events, and what we call experiences, which are get-togethers, actual get-togethers, with real-life people in the flesh and so-called meat space, as people say. Inform and mobilize leaders. Right? And present a positive view and collaborate with other organizations. Here's the manifesto. If you haven't signed it, you can take a look. It's on the website, uh, forkintheroadproject.com. And it's kept purposely rather simple, so you can, you can read it and sign it if you haven't. So going back to Bucky, he said, you can never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. That's our target. We want to build a new model. I mean, of course, yeah, that's, I would say, vastly ambitious, right? So here's our four, our four key topics that our content is going to focus on climate change, human technology, ethics, regulation, sustainable economics, uh, new capitalism, and human enhancement, singularity, genome editing, and so on. Those are the four sort of ballpark things, okay? Just to zoom in on one of them, we have stood for a long time in front of the uh, challenge of climate change, looked like a lion, like a giant labyrinth, right? But now we're here, right? We're here now, we know what to do. Right? And this is not for me, but it's nevertheless a confounding. Uh, basically what's happening around the world is that green is becoming the new digital. Uh, 10 years ago it was all about digital transformation, now it's about green transformation. And the CEO of Unilever said the other day, sustainable is becoming the new profitable. Well, let's, let's you know, we're still a little, little bit away from that one, but <laughs> as a goal, right? Technology, if we don't work on what technology is doing in our lives, in terms of being able to completely dehumanize our society, it'll be just as bad as the oil and the gas industry. Well, in many ways, you can say Facebook is already as pollutant as ExxonMobil was at its peak. Uh, so there's a very good comparison between the two. That's why technology is a key topic. So if you're looking at things like virtual reality like this, I'll put myself back in so you get to see me again, um, then we can clearly see, now we have to ask the question what future we want. Like Elon Musk, right? This is the Neuralink. You can see that on YouTube. Connecting our brain to the internet with tiny wires so we can think faster, live longer. This is a serious project, right? And there's already about 200 companies in the Bay Area that deal with human longevity. You have to check out one of them. This is like straight sci-fi material, right? Human Longevity Inc. It's partly owned by Genentech, which is owned by Roche. That is actually the title of the, the name of the company. <laughs> so, exponential technological progress, that's a very big topic. Let me wrap up and show you the first signatories. So here's an initial list, Phil Kotler from the Kellogg School, Howard Bloom, famous author, Edie Weiner, also a well-known futurist, Donna Steinhorn, Shara Evans from New Zealand, Australia, Chris Wilkinson, one of the most famous architects in the world, John Costello from Costello Ventures. Uh, you can read for yourself, but you know we're, we're getting up to a pretty good list and publishing more of them next week. The goal right now is to get more, let's say, well-known people to sign up. You know, so we can we can spread and and get the word out, right? That's